Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 629 with our review of The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we're going to have a number of films coming to a streaming platform near you, and then we're also going to continue talking about some film festival stuff. Um, but we got a lot of things to record tonight, so we're probably going to just barrel in for each of these next few episodes just to kind of like keep the rhythm going before we all just pass out from exhaustion um but i do want to say this film that we're reviewing right now the wolf of snow hollow is a film that literally was not on our radar until about 60 seconds before i started watching it (laughs) 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 um yeah, we we already had a full packed weekend of watching four films, and then uh, uh, I heard this is coming out, and text Steven, and we were like, definitely, we're adding this to the list. Uh, hopefully, this goes well. <laughs> oh yeah, there was not even a question. I was out on a walk when you texted me, and I got the like alert on my watch, and I was immediately like, "Yep, sure, <laughs> not gonna watch the trailer, of course, we'll add it." Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously we were excited. As I said, I, I was getting ready to watch one of the other films in our list. And then when I found out about this and confirmed with you that we were going to watch it, I just immediately hit play. Um, or I guess mm-hmm. I immediately hit purchase <laughs> and then hit play. Um, but yeah, so, th- so this, this right now, you can buy this on iTunes right now. And I think if you want to rent it, you're going to have to wait till the end of the month. Um, I believe that the rental window starts on like the 27th or something like that. Um, perfect time for Halloween, I guess. Uh, but yeah, you can buy this right now. And within the next 30 minutes to an hour, uh, we're going to tell you whether or not you should buy it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you, you excited to get in this, Stephen? Oh, yeah, I am. All right, well, let's go ahead And without further ado, we're going to play the trailer for The Wolf of Snow Hollow, and then we're going to come back and give everyone a review. Six years, sober for three. This is scary. It's new. I never saw a body like that. There's going to be a lot of late nights and overtime because of the brutal murder that happened in town. And I didn't want to set up expectations that I can't keep. Our expectations of you are very low. Spans the bites are gigantic. Same as the distance of the paw prints. It's a wolf. Or maybe it's a werewolf. No, let me just make this perfectly clear. There is no such thing as werewolves. Our killer is a guy, and I'm going to find him, and I'm going to kill And we're going to bring him to justice. We have every reason to believe that this monster will show up again tonight. I won't ask you to pray with me because of the goddamn lawyers. Where were you? Where were you? John, none of you talked to me at once, okay? They're saying it's a wolf. No, it's a man. When do I get to be right about something? Sheriff, how about we start acting like one? Little red riding hood, everything 
All right, so that was the trailer for The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, it is basically about this little town called Snow Hollow, I guess. Um, and uh, essentially, there have been a series of these grisly murders that are taking place, and the town is trying to figure out what is going on, and our lead character is the one person who believes that this is a man and not a werewolf like the rest of the town does. Um, and it's basically about him trying to solve this uh, killing spree that is happening. Uh, so, Stephen Miller... What did you think of The Wolf of Snow Hollow? Uh, so I looked up absolutely nothing about this movie before watching it. Um, I vaguely remember Jim Cummings tweeting a photo a couple months ago of like a puddle of blood in snow saying like <laughs> sneak preview of my next project. And I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, you and I both loved Thunder Road. I, lo I loved the short and then I watched the movie and then I kind of offhandedly told you to watch it and it wound up being one of your favorites of the year. So like yeah. the moment I knew he was making another movie, I'm, I was definitely in. And I had a blast with this movie. I thought this movie was great. Um, uh, and I think the trailer is a little misleading in a, in a clever way. Like the trailer, at least that I just heard, makes it sound like this is going to be a actual kind of drama slash mystery about uh, the events that are happening uh, from the wolf in Snow Hollow. And what is true about the movie is it is extremely quick and extremely funny. Like the pacing of this movie is just perfect. It, it is like absolutely yeah. perfect. It, it's like Jim Cummings took the style that he had in Thunder Road, the the long takes, the monologues, the the things about the characters that he plays that make them so lovable. And he kept that in, but he found a way to put it in an incredibly quickly edited film. Um, and I, I think it's just like wonderful. The combination is wonderful. The The physical comedy in this movie is so good. Like there's a scene where someone passes out on an open stove door or open oven door. Um, <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. It, it is so, um, it's like Jim Carrey energy. Like it, it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, I, like I thought, I thought it was hilarious. It, it is a good send up of a genre while also being a fun entry into the genre, which I know is a, a, a thing that we both appreciate. Yeah. I think the dialogue is just great. There were so many lines that I loved in this movie, like little things like, do we have to do this at Bonanza's? Or <laughs> I liked um, every time there was like a montage where uh, violence or horror would be happening and then it would be cross cutting with the aftermath of it. And uh, Jim Cummings character progressively getting more and more angry and unstable as things go along. It was just so, so good. Even when it is like, like it steers you into at least for me, one or two false conclusions about where the movie is going to go. And I think it knows very intentionally what you are thinking. And it, it plays with that a lot in a way that I just found like incredibly clever and endearing. And it, it it was just well done. Like it, it feels like a real movie. It didn't feel like a low budget movie to me. I, I feel like it's just shot very well. It, it feels very professional. Um, the effects that are less professional have explanations behind them. Um, they're I, I, just right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Like one of the first scenes in this movie uh, ends with a reflection of blood in a paw print with the moon reflected in it and i was just like oh this movie's great this movie knows exactly <laughs> what it wants to do um 
And yeah, it, like I thought of as a comparison, Blow the Man Down, which was another movie that I thought the style, the pace of it was just perfect. And it is have it is telling a dark story in a way that is just very fun. But where Blow the Man Down was kind of like Cohen energy, this I feel like is Jim Carrey energy. This is like just mad dash slapstick wonderfulness. I yeah, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, um I mean like like you already mentioned um my first introduction to Jim Cummings was with, was with Thunder Road and you just basically like threw out there you're like hey by the way I'm watching this this weekend if you will watch it too we can do a review or something um and or maybe it was what did it come out around the time we were already doing our recap or um, it came out a little earlier but okay. yeah it, it was around it was when we recorded like like seven episodes in one night or something yeah. <laughs> when we were binging them in preparation for the award season yeah yeah um but it was one of those things where like i it, it wasn't a whim for you but for me it was a whim because i wasn't really familiar with anything that that he had done before and that movie just blew me away and i loved every second of it and this in a lot of ways, this feels like a literal spiritual successor to that film. Like the mm. same character is almost trans. It's almost like after the events of that film, he ran away to this little town in the middle of the mountains mm. and like continued to be a police officer. Um, but then this is like him trying to like throw away that old life and then re-exist here. Um, like the character has the same problems, everything. But it doesn't feel like a. It doesn't just feel like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because this is what I know. It feels like this, I can still milk this for something because this is a really, really, really fun character who can, who's really, really deep and just has, has this like, it, it's, it's his ability to switch from like fine to extremely angry to kind of funny to sad. Like he just, he blows through so many emotions constantly in this film and all of them hit and land perfectly in a way that just it's it's like acting gymnastics that like still continues to blow me like it just floors me every time i yeah. I, I watch him in these films and i just the dialogue is great um as, as you said like this feels like a like this is a legit interesting little like horror film that you're watching that has its own like ups and downs and twists and turns and stuff and and, and like i really really enjoyed watching it but the other thing that he is brilliant at um is that there is so much emotionally heavy, really, really deep scenes that are happening in this film. Like this is a film about a guy who is just trying to deal with a fucking werewolf in his town and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. But at the same time, it's dealing with like father son relationships and like what it means to like be towards retirement and like in a dangerous job that like is a lot of work there. What it means to be a father to like a daughter and then having like an estranged relationship. Um, I think that this film is an amazing metaphor for alcoholism all wrapped into this like horror film. Like this is like a million times better version of the way back. <laughs> and uh, I just, I, I, I really enjoyed every bit of this film and it's just, it's, it's incredibly smart to the way it plays with different things and the way it doles out little bits of information to you and the way that, that you said, like it sort of teases you about certain things that like it knows your brain is going to go there. So it lets you go there and just kind of plays in that for a little bit. Like I, I just, this film I thought was phenomenal and I loved every second of it. And I really, I, if this was not on anybody else's radar, they should definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of, so you mentioned the alcoholism is a big 
metaphor in this movie and one of the reasons i think the movie knows exactly where your head is at like where people who watch a lot of movies are going to think it will take you yeah and it plays with that in a really interesting way without losing the emotional core like i will say this movie does not have the same kind of emotional core that thunder road did like thunder road i was in tears at the end even though i also thought it was hilarious like thunder road was both of those this is much more like this is just a fun, fun movie, but it is backed up with a lot of stuff that I think makes it great. One thing that I think inadvertently added emotion to it is his dad played by Robert Forster. Like Robert Forster passed away last year. Like he must've died. This must be his last film role. And like, he must've died very shortly after filming it. Um, And the movie is like also about his mortality and his son coming to grips with that fact in a way that was like, it has to, you know, no one can plan for something like that, but it just added a level of emotional resonance. That, like, I love there's a line early in the movie where he's like, oh, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. And his son's like, like, like now? And he's like, no, since around like August. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, I found it kind of cathartic to hear, hear an actor that was, was mourned relatively recently, like making light of the aging process. Uh, yeah. I thought I thought that was... Yeah, that that was well done. Um, there's a lot of actually very dark humor in this movie that I think goes well. Like, for instance, the fact that this is a movie about a police officer, you know, in 2020, there are a lot of ways that, that could go and be interpreted. And this movie, kind of like Thunder Road, but I think even more directly, it steers into the like, no, the this guy should not be a police officer. And we are going to comment specifically on the violent reaction police officers have when they feel under pressure in a way that yeah. is you know detrimental to society uh this movie like is just so confident in the way that it goes about doing that i had i didn't have a moment of ickiness or anything watching it um going back to physical comedy too there was a little touch that i loved is when he's starting to come apart at the seams and he's getting more and more frustrated there's a scene where he is um, taking a testimony of a witness and she plays a uh, voicemail on her phone and he like when he's done <laughs> he so grabs good. the phone and he wraps the wire with the same hand that is holding a cup of coffee <laughs> coffee is just like splashing everywhere <laughs> and then he just storms out it, but it's not just that he, I'm, he just, starts, I'm just really impressed with jim cummings <laughs> he starts walking away from the wall too and just rips all the shit out of the wall as he's going it is it is pretty amazing and just his ability to play that so deadpan and like this is not mm-hmm. even a joke this is just me for reals this is the way it goes um yeah i found yeah. he's pretty amazing <laughs> like i'm so excited yeah. for the next project i i, I will say and this is kind of a an anti-spoiler of sorts, but if you think you will predict where this movie goes, don't try because you you won't. Like they're not going to give you what you need to predict it. So just like enjoy it for what it is. Do Do you want to have a small spoiler segment at at the end? Sure. Okay, because there there are definitely some things that I'd like to talk about, but like yeah, it's I can't even make the comments I want to make because they would be spoilers um but but before we get to that though i i i'm still gonna push back a little bit on um the so like while this film is incredibly funny and i found myself like giggling constantly during the film i do think those emotional beats are there like there there is a you know like i i I already joked that this is like a way better version of the way back like there like i i've talked about 
in this, uh, I've talked about in this podcast, not this episode, but like the podcast in general, how most scenes where an alcoholic is just drinking a bunch, I never buy because it feels like somebody acting like they're drinking a lot. And I don't, there's always a disconnect for me. The way it happens in this film feels more authentic to me. And there is a scene between him and his daughter when he's sort of like peak drinking that I just thought was like, it just emotionally floored me. It's it. I, I thought it was like a brilliant sort of hmm. just all it went from involving big, stairs. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I, I, I thought that like that, that emotionally hit me like really, really hard. Just like the, just the performances in that scene and just like the level of what each of the characters was thinking in that moment and how they responded to each other. Like that was just like devastating scene. And I think that like, hmm that's like a good example of how this film is like we're having fun here but also i'm dealing with real issues and i'm portraying it like in an honest way amidst all this like let's have fun um but yeah i i i felt that like the roller coaster was just like expertly kind of plotted to allow you to feel all those range of emotions yeah well uh, no and i i don't disagree i just feel I never felt quite moved. I felt like the emotional core helped. It made me like the movie even more, but it didn't, it didn't ever get tear jerky for me. But I do think especially the, the werewolf as a metaphor for alcoholism pairs so well with this character. If we both agree, it's basically the same character from Thunder Road. Yeah. <laughs> the way that he can veer, he doesn't just veer into hysteria, but it's that he does it while also being very Southern boy polite, you know, and the <laughs> the combination of the two, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde type thing where there's the impulse to rein it in and like undercut what he just said with some kind of polite statement, but then he's going just off the rails at the same time. I, I think that all works really, really well. And I think something about Jim Cummings is that this is such a particular lived-in character that the the details of his alcoholism, I believe, like, it isn't just that he drinks, you know, like, a character would normally drink by, you would see them pouring, like, a big thing of whiskey or whatever, or guzzling vodka or something. This is, he has a few beers that are, like, tucked away in an upper cabinet in his kitchen, and it just feels like that is his demon. That's the little, like, shameful thing that he hid. Like, I... There's something so like humble about him, even as he's going off the rails, that I just, I believe it even more because he seems like a character that thinks he wants to do the right thing, yep. and that that is definitely more heartbreaking than if he were just a comic relief character. For sure. Um, so, pre-spoilers, is there anything left that you would like to say? Um, no, I think I think I'm good. Just. I don't know if Jim Cummings, like, I, I've not really seen him in anything except for these movies that he has written and directed. And I don't know if it's just that he writes so well in his own voice or if someone else can harness it. Because I feel like he could be a genuine movie star if he wanted to. Like, yeah. like I feel like he is that good. He could definitely anchor pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, for now, uh, let's go ahead and get to verdicts. Uh, so, Stephen Miller, if you're going to say must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Must-see. E easy. I had, I had a blast watching this movie. Must-see as well. It was... Uh, there's only one other film that, from the moment I knew it existed to the moment I watched it, was that short amount of time, um, and that was Children of Men. <laughs> mm. And both films worked out brilliantly. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so we are going to have a spoiler segment for this film. But before we do that, for anybody who's not going to stick with us, and let's face it, you should go watch this film and come back and listen to the spoiler segment. Um, but for everybody else who's not going to do that, uh, let's close this out. So, uh, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Wolf of Snow Hollow, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, as we said, we're going to have a, um, a, a spoiler segment to talk kind of about some of the, the ebbs and flows of this film. Um, and uh, yeah, for everyone else, we'll see you later. For everybody who's going to stick with us, the music's going to fade up. And when that music fades out, we'll be in full-blown spoiler territory. So watch out, or you might uh, get attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> That's not my job. Your job is to attack them like a werewolf. All right, so we are back. This is spoiler territory, full-blown spoilers for the Wolf of Snow Hollow. So here they are coming at you. If you haven't watched the film yet, better go fucking watch it, because otherwise you might get your vagina ripped off. <laughs> Werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> where would you like to go first in this story? Well, first of all, before we even start having theories about where things were going, we've talked about how great Jim Cummings is and like how great he is to play this type of role and how like just how well he can act it and like do this dialogue. But the other thing that's great about him specifically for this movie is his teeth. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I feel like that was very intentional. There is a scene in particular where the sharpness of his like canines while he's driving is like highlighted some way where it's like, okay, you are either doing this or you want me very badly to think that this is what you're doing. Yeah. And and the, the funny thing too is like, I was like, this is not subtle if it's on if it's not on, like if, if it's on purpose it's not really that subtle but also i need to go find pictures of him to figure out if those are actually his teeth or if this is like mm-hmm. extra accentuation for this film and the funny thing is if you go to his imdb and you start clicking through his photos the first several photos are him with his mouth closed <laughs> In every photo, his lips are like pressed together, and it's not until like like the Rolling Stone cover is where you can be like, okay, cool, he actually has those teeth. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was a fun little journey, like from the beginning, where like, all right, is it is he doing this, or is this just his natural appearance, and it works perfectly for the story that we're watching? And then when the metaphor of the <laughs> alcoholism like starts to come into play, it like then it becomes like, okay, cool, this is like an extent like, it. it it just makes it feel more uh, cohesive, um, which was really, really fun, I thought. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, when I said I feel like this movie steers you into one theory, it was specifically the teeth is also where I went. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't think it is until 
the wolf attacks his daughter that the movie does anything to make you realize it couldn't be him. Like, I think before then, it could easily work with him as the werewolf. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there's uh, potentially unlike films that we might talk about later, there's definitely no scenes that are telling you something that is not necessarily true. Like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so it, it sure <laughs> so it all it, it always feels like it it's it, it's always presented where there are plenty of threads that that could go and one of the things i like the most about this is what's great about the story is he, everyone immediately is like yeah it's just a fucking werewolf that's <laughs> that's yeah. what we could do and he is like He's kind of not the straight man, right? But but this, he's the only realist in the bunch that's like, no, this has to be a man. And like you're rooting for him to be able to prove it's a man, even though you are seeing scenes where there is an actual werewolf, right? Like so it's 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 it it's just masterfully done to like to give all the evidence there and let you watch these scenes. Um and <laughs> I just thought it was like hilarious. Yeah. So so my only real spoilery question is, was there anything in the movie that made you even know a taxidermist existed? Or do they not reveal that he's a taxidermist until they decide to do the twist at the end? Because I, I know he was in a talking head, like a montage, but yeah. I didn't feel like I had ever seen him other than that. Yeah, so that was the one thing about the film where I was like, because obviously the, his, his partner puts it together with the needle and the thread. Yeah. <laughs> literally threads that needle um mm-hmm. but until you see that and he arrives at a place and it's like a taxidermist um until that happens it is it is definitely not a thing that i remember being present but also i wasn't it might just be a thing where like they drop it but it doesn't it's not of importance to you so at the time it doesn't really matter or mean anything um so i yeah when it cut it cut back to him like I sort of remembered him, but I was kind of like, whatever. I, I, I just, for me, I was definitely of the mindset where I'm like, it can't just be wrapped up like this. There still has to be either another werewolf. If they literally got this guy and he is the true thing, there has to be an accomplice or something else more that's coming. Because I feel like there's still a long runtime after the thing is supposedly solved, right? <laughs> At least it feels yeah. it feels like there's a good chunk of time afterwards. Yeah, definitely. I and I feel like even that move of having having a twist where it's someone else and then that someone is like you couldn't have possibly known and the guy and the partner both discover at the same time and there's a rush race but like it's too late because when the guy discovers it like he's in the house already. Yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to pinpoint movies that have done that, but I feel like it's a whole thing. Um Yeah, yeah. Like spoilers for prisoners, but I think prisoners did it, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I do want to talk about one really, really dark thing in this film, which mm. is it's definitely it's definitely hinted at um, and it's around what we're talking about right now. But it's not expressly stated. Um, and that is that the taxidermist is most definitely making himself a woman. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah, because he's because he's killing all these women and taking parts. And like, while they're sitting around the dinner table, having that conversation where he like makes the joke about, Oh, the wife's away or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I'm not married. Always wanted to, but just no one made the cut. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, gross. This guy has been building yeah. himself a wife. <laughs> well, and they, they kind of planted that seed early because I feel like one of 
Jim's Jim Cummings kind of like hilarious rambles early in the scene is like, why did it, why did he do it? Why did he cut out the vagina? And he's like, probably to make himself like a gross fleshlight. But like, <laughs> he, he basically calls his shot at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the movie. <laughs> nice. I do love, by the way, the, uh, I I should have looked up the guy's name, but the the lanky Will Madden, the taxidermist dude, he is like appropriately creepy looking in all the right ways. I yeah, I, I felt like he was well cast as the villain. Also, but the, I will say the one thing is, as much as I love the scene where he asks him to stand up to his full height, mm-hmm. what was he doing before that? <laughs> Like, like, did he go every like the entire time they've been investigating? Was he always slouched over and nobody thought anything of it until that moment? Like, I, I guess so, yeah. Because, because I mean, it, 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 it's, I mean, it's total, it's, it's total movie trope of like the the creature standing up like that and kind of like taking his full form in front of you, um, and it works beautifully as that. But I was kind of like that, <laughs> yeah. Like that's the one thing. <laughs> So uh, my other spoilery question is when they, for a while, they are cutting to the assumed suspect, like the the guy doing meth or whatever in his trailer. Yeah. Did that a- actor, that looked like Jimmy Tatro to me in the early scenes, and I didn't know how that could be possible. Is that the American Vandal looked, guy? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He looked like the American Vandal guy to me, just like with a four o'clock shadow. Yeah, he, he's like a spitting image of him from like behind... <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so so the weird thing about that character too is obviously it's supposed to be a misdirect for you but he also most definitely killed somebody <laughs> so like when mm. when they find him having OD'd but they think it's because he injected himself with a silver <laughs> needle <laughs> which which would have been the end to any <laughs> werewolf which is a brilliant fucking joke like when he's reading all the i didn't even catch that <laughs> yeah like he was like yeah we found him and he's like and i mean everyone knows needles some needles are made of silver or something like that like brilliant brilliant joke um but but it, it seems like they like once there's more stuff to think about like this is another murderer guy he also did a murder <laughs> <laughs> it just seems it seems very strange that like we forget about the fact that there was somebody else who was just murdering people because um, they're like, yeah, we found a body on his property and he was, you know, silver needle sticking out of his arm. <laughs> and it's just weird that like once they find out that there is a real killer who has been doing these crimes, um, they <laughs> they don't go back and go like, wait, shit, what was the other guy doing? <laughs> did you yep. think did you think of the other killer? <laughs> I didn't know. No, it it actually didn't occur to me that he was probably committing other murders. I mean, this is Utah. I guess like nobody solves murders for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the last thing I guess to talk about is just the fact that uh, we've been we've been watching an actual werewolf um, go around killing people, and then when we find out that it's actually a man, it's kind of like but 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 what? But then you see him donning the werewolf costume that he's taxidermied together um i guess Mm -hmm. that's the verb form of whatever they do um um, and yeah i i i I thought that was very very that was i mean it's it's kind of a little uh scooby-doo but it was i I thought it fit perfectly totally for for this film yeah i didn't go back and check the kind of roaring sounds that the creature makes (laughs) to know how he would make that sound I just I, I let the movie have that. Yeah, but also the um, 
everything that we've watched for because because you talked about this a little a little bit during the main review, but um, the pace of this film and the way it's interacted, we never see just a flat out prolonged scene with the killing it's always being intercut with either the aftermath or mm-hmm. other conversations somewhere else or something related to the people who are currently being murdered so like those sounds even if they are more animalistic than what a human can make we are hearing what the person being killed would perceive right. in the moment they're being killed right so it so it still fits i think like because because those scenes are really we're seeing their pov and if somebody yep. in a big suit, even if that suit looked really fake, right? If if just uh, suddenly there was a thing in the dark who was running after you, you you would see it as real as you needed to see it in that moment. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Uh, any last thoughts, David? Um. Normally at this time in the podcast, I would ask you to pray with me, but I won't because of the goddamn lawyers. <laughs> Uh, I love the seriousness too of that delivery. So great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. It's already spoiler territory, so there's no closing out we're going to do. We're just going to take off and uh, bring you some more reviews. Yep. Peace. It is a big deal. I need to make sure you're going to be there. Yes. Brittany, I'm going to be there, okay? How much coffee have you had today? Can we not do this at Bonanza's? Jesus Christ, I have a nicer time at Abu Ghraib. Thank you so much.